9 a.m. TCC Touchpoint with Stephen Joyce. And 6 p.m. there will be supper on Wednesday and fun games and teaching for the kids and youth group will begin again. Upcoming events next week, December 4th, Pastor Larry Dorman, our True Bridge Overseer for Northern Minnesota, will be speaking at our morning worship service. You don't want to miss that. And the week after that, Sunday, December 11th, uh, for this year's Christmas story, again, we will be showing by video the performance of history in the baking. After the video, there will be a short continuation or a sequel to the play showing what the characters have been up to in the past year. This will be performed live on stage, followed by Christmas cookies, of course. The following week, Sunday, December 18th, Kent Dudley and Bended Knee will be doing a Christmas concert at Tensoy Community Church. Uh, after that, the TCC ladies are invited to join us for a baby shower to bless Linnea and Peter Coffin after the concert. Please RSVP by December 11th to Angie Modry or on the Facebook invite. If you would like to be invited, please contact Angie or Linnea. They have a gift registry at Target and it has been updated because they found out they are having a girl. Sunday, December 25th, we will have our TCC Christmas Day worship service. And Sunday, January 1st, we'll have our TCC New Year's Day worship service. A reminder, we'll post weather-related information, including cancellations, on our Facebook page and also send it out on the email list. You can see archive touch points, Sunday morning messages, or give online at tenstrikecommunitychurch.com. If you'd like to mail anything to the church, 10 Strike Community Church, P.O. Box 67, 10 Strike, Minnesota, 56683. I want to read to you a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and then a thought I found this morning. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Have you ever listened to someone that makes you think, wow, they get it? Maybe it's a podcaster who articulates your political views very well or a book that explains you better than you could explain yourself. But we all know what it's like to love finding someone else who gets it, whatever it is. God loves everybody. But what he loves about a cheerful giver is that they get it. They get the connection between spiritual growth and generosity. They get that giving is itself a blessing to the giver. They get it. Not that those who aren't in a position to give don't get it, but there are far more of those who can and don't get it. And those who think they can, they think they can't, but they probably could. My thoughts are these. Giving is sowing or planting into God's kingdom. When I think about the seeds that I am planting, I want to soak them with miracle grow. I want to plant in good soil. I want to see the receiver of the seed be a good steward and multiply the seed to good harvest. So whether I'm giving my 10% tithe to the church or an offering to a ministry or alms to the poor, I want my gift to make a difference and as we talked last week, is it my responsibility to make the things happen that I want to happen? No. I trust God. I trust that he will be faithful 
to multiply the seeds that I sow into his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We are so thankful for all of our blessings that we celebrated this week, Lord. And uh, we just uh, continue to give and continue to trust that you will work in our lives and through our lives as we reach out to others. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to give your offering or tithe this morning, there's boxes right on the back of the sanctuary. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. You ready to get in the Word this morning? Hallelujah. We're going to talk about freedom from condemnation. And I also want to make sure I invite you, maybe you're a visitor today, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we invite you to partake of communion with us here in a few minutes. But uh, when we get a revelation of what God has done concerning our sin, through the sacrificial work of his son, Jesus, we will realize that we are absolutely forgiven of all sin. And therefore, we're no longer under condemnation. And that calls for Thanksgiving on a Thanksgiving weekend like we are at right now. Calls for Thanksgiving. No condemnation to those whose sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Now, uh, say this after me. Through Christ, I am forgiven of sin. Therefore, I am no longer under condemnation. Condemnation is an adverse sentence or verdict against us. Or we could say, it's sentence to be punished. Um, and those are things that we do not have to look forward to because of God's mercy in sending Jesus, as we sang about this morning. Um, how wonderful. We don't have to look forward to being punished because of our sin and all the junk of the past. Um, I'm not sure how many years ago that was. A few years ago, I was, we were at the Northern Town Hall at a graduation, and um, I think it was a Sunday afternoon maybe, and, or Saturday, one of the two, and got in the car and we had to go to Bemidji. And Joyce and I, I think, were in the car, and, uh, all of a sudden, I saw this flashing light behind me. Have you ever seen a flashing light behind you? I don't like those. It's like an automatic jolt to your heart. It starts pumping. And so I pulled into, uh, back then it was Tom Stop, no longer Northland now, right? And uh, I pulled off into there. And, and the deputy got out of the car and came over to me, and he knew me. I knew him. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse, but, but anyway, he kind of smiled, and he says, did you know that you were speeding? I said, 
Well, I was, wasn't even going 55, I don't think. He says, well, this is a 45-mile-an-hour zone right here. And um, I said, oh, I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And uh, he smiled again. He says, well, this time we'll, we'll just give you a warning. And he did. He gave me a warning. And I kept it in my briefcase for quite a while, actually, because it was, you know, instead of, I don't know how much the fine would have been, but it would have been, you know, punishment for my breaking the law, uh, for missing the mark. And uh, I was thankful for that, for that mercy. I remember one time, Mom and I, this was just after my dad had passed away. And he passed away in the end of April, and we were going to go fishing. And it was the first time since Dad had died that we would be going out. Dad was the one that always took care of the license on the boats and stuff. And, and so we went out, and, and here comes the game warden, and he says, your license is outdated. And Mom was crying, but she wasn't crying because of that. She was crying because Dad wasn't there, you know, first time. And, and the game warden saw her crying and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, well, that's because, and I told him the story. And uh, he, I said, I think we'll cut you a little slack today. And so he did. So there was mercy. Aren't you thankful for mercy? I also remember a time when Joyce got stopped. <laughs> Do you have your mic there? No. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, I see your mic there, don't I? <laughs> Why don't you tell us that story? I didn't tell her beforehand I was going to do this. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, um, he, this doesn't end as good as his other two. <laughs> uh, we were coming back. Was it from Leota? Or I don't remember. We were by Summerhill Farm there. You know where that business is? And I was driving as Leota because you were sleeping. You were tired from driving because it's like a long ways to my, where my folks lived. And um, all of a sudden, I see the lights and <laughs> I pulled over. I absolutely knew I had not been speeding. I just, I knew that, but he was a veteran policeman. And you don't tell a veteran policeman, in fact, we found out later, he was months away from retiring. So he knows his stuff. But he told me, and he told me how fast I was going 
really, really fast. I was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. And um, I said, I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't realize that. And he gave me a ticket. And um, I did it through the mail, I think. But I got a picture of what really happened. If this is possible, there's hills there. And shortly before he pulled me over, a car speeded around me really fast and then turned off to a side road. And I think he must have got that one. You know, when you pass a car, you increase your speed to wherever it was. And, but when I wrote him, I explained, I wanted to have integrity. It's like, I don't go around speeding, but I wanted to be respectful. So I did the scripture from Timothy about respecting those in authority, and I was thanking him for his years of serving our communities. And then, but I explained it. And I, I had the money in, you know, I sent a check for it. And I prayed a prayer in that note for him. So anyway, that's what happened. So in that situation, there wasn't mercy. And Joyce had to pay the price. Or I guess we did. But um, thank God for mercy and what he's done for us. And his son Jesus, isn't it wonderful? You know, in Romans 8, there, uh, the New International says it this way, there, therefore, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you can put your name in there. Put your name in there as we read it. Contemporary English version says if you belong to Christ you won't be punished you won't be punished easy to read version so now anyone who is in Christ Jesus is not judged guilty not judged guilty The New Life Version. Now because of this, those who belong to Christ will not suffer the punishment of sin. See, I had sinned just as much as Joyce had. But because of mercy of the deputy, I didn't have to pay. The punishment of the of missing the mark. So say this with me now again. I will not live under condemnation because I am now in Christ Jesus. So Jesus' shed blood forgives all of our sin. Or began the Lord's Supper or Holy, Holy Communion as we call it. He made this statement. This is Matthew 26, 28. 
For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The main reason Jesus... of sin. I guess I'm kind of cutting out. Maybe it'd help if I had set it up. I'll set it up there. Sometimes that might help. <clears throat> because of this forgiveness, the blood of Jesus brings us freedom from condemnation. It brings freedom to enjoy our life with God. When I have the Holy Spirit revelation, and it has to come by the Holy Spirit, and I pray that you will receive it this morning, if you haven't already. When I have the Holy Spirit revelation that Jesus' blood has made me righteous, and that all my sins are forgiven, I am protected from the condemnation of accusers. It's so important that I understand this. Understanding this will give me confidence that I need to come without shame or hesitancy to God and experience him as my loving father. Condemnation steals that confidence. He's my loving Father who sent his Son, Jesus, whose blood has made me righteous so that all my sins are forgiven. I will allow, this will allow me to reign in life over sin, over addictions, over depression, condemnation that's trying to impinge on my freedom and my joy in life and hold me in bondage today. If we're under condemnation, we're going to be under bondage. We're not going to be in freedom. I mean, if we have a dread about, is God going to punish me for this or that or whatever? First John Verse, chapter 4, verse 18 says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's not for fear of punishment. Did you notice something there? It is for fear of punishment. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And that's condemnation, a feeling of condemnation. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love, this perfect love of this loving Heavenly Father, again, who has sent his Son, who shed his blood for us, who sacrificed his life for us so that we could be free. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing revelation. Turning on the light bulb, we would see it Overcoming condemnation through the blood and our word of testimony. There's a scripture in Revelation that's interesting. It says, starting at verse, or 12th chapter, verse 9, this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, 
the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it is come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before God day and night, and they have defeated, listen to this, listen to this. They have defeated him. Who are we talking about? Who is the accuser? It's Satan. They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So it's by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The devil would want to keep us under condemnation. The devil would want to keep us on a guilt trip. The devil will come to make us feel guilty and condemned for anything that we will allow him to. I mentioned a few weeks ago that if possible, he'll try to make us feel guilty or just not good enough. Failures in our roles as fathers and mothers or as children to our parents, as employees to our employers or vice versa, whatever other role you may have. He may even make you feel, try to make you feel guilty for being sick. A believer should not come under condemnation for being sick. That will only hinder our being healed. We need to have an openness to share our prayer needs about sickness or other things with other brothers and sisters in Christ for agreement in prayer. And we can pray with each other according to the word of God for healing and whatever the need may be that it may be released in our lives. But Satan will try to bring us under condemnation for having the need in the first place and take away our freedom to ask for help in prayer, standing with. The, Satan, the name Satan, it actually means accuser. That's a definition. He's the prosecutor in the court against us. And a prosecutor never talks about anything good, none of our good points. He's there to prosecute us for every one of our failures of the past, and he'll try to keep bringing them up again, even if we've asked forgiveness and they're under the blood of Jesus. He will bring up and bring back to our memory every piece of dirty laundry, and he'll try to show us the evidence one evidence after another of our failures of the past. Allowing condemnation, that's going to bring stress and fear and even disease. And when we don't deal with negative accusing thoughts, condemnation, stress, and fear will increase in our lives. The devil uses the words of other people or even our own negative thoughts to heap guilt and condemnation on us. He wants to get us into unrest. He knows that when we're under condemnation, fear, stress, pressure, and eventually even physical sickness will often follow. 
Satan wants to render you and me ineffective in our witness for Christ. And that will do it. So what should we do? We need to stop condemnation at its very root and get it out of our thoughts and out of our lives. When I hear the voice of an accuser, I need to remind myself of the truth that there is now no condemnation to me because I am in Christ Jesus. It's not because of me. It never, never was and it never will be. And it's good to say this out loud as like a confession of faith in the midst of current assaults, current circumstances, current thoughts, current, current accusations from people. Why? Because no matter what the devil condemns me of, the truth is that the blood of Jesus has been shed and was shed for the forgiveness of all my sins, mistakes, and failures. And no weapon Satan used against me is greater than the power in Jesus' blood, his shed blood. And there is not a sin and no guilt or condemnation that the devil can throw at me that Jesus through his shed blood has not already completely dealt with. Oh, God, thank you for the revelation of that. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. It's not from themselves, it's from the Lord says the Lord. The devil will bring thoughts of guilt and condemnation to you, but by the blood of Jesus, who you have the authority and the power to condemn every word of judgment that comes against you. Every word. Because of what Jesus has done. Jesus' shed blood is the total answer for our sin and its penalty and its condemnation, which come with it. Without Jesus' sacrifice, death, and shed blood, we would be in eternal trouble. But now we can look forward to that day. Like Annika was singing that verse this morning about when we come to the end of the time for us or when Jesus comes again, we'll stand before him, we'll be there right there before him. And we won't be in eternal trouble. We're in eternal grace. We're under his grace. We're under the blood of Jesus. Not under the curse, we're not under the law, we're under the precious blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22, second part, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. See, that's the truth. There's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Christianity is about Jesus and how he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins 
For without the blood, without the shedding of the blood, the Bible says, there is no forgiveness of sin. It doesn't happen. And Christianity is a relationship with God that's based on the shed blood of Jesus. His blood washes away all sin. And we decide to believe this truth and act on it and receive forgiveness. So we make a decision to believe that truth and act on it and receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. Receive it. We need to receive it. We need to take it. And it's all about Jesus' perfection, not mine, not yours. It's like the woman, woman who is caught in adultery in John chapter 8. In all our helplessness, in all our weakness and vulnerabilities, Jesus looks at us and he says to us, where are your accusers? It looks like no one is here to condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. When we do fail in thought, word, or deed, we can ask forgiveness and say this again, and I want you to repeat it again after me. There is now no condemnation to me because I am in Christ Jesus. I am free from condemnation. So when Jesus died on the cross, all my, your sins and failures were already condemned in his body. Today I'm free to live a victorious life. Not because I am perfect. Even, not now. Nor will I be. Until I go to him or he comes. But because of my faith in the in Jesus' blood and his rightness, his righteousness, that is now my righteousness because I have received him as my Savior. Trying to perfectly follow the law in the first place could not save us and not, cannot keep us saved now. See Kaylee there. She's down. She's in school in Bethel. And Bill Johnson, you hear him speak quite often, right? I suppose. I, I notice he pauses sometimes and he just stops. He just quits. So you can think about it. <laughs> trying to be perfectly trying to perfectly follow the law in the first place could not save us and it cannot now keep us saved. You know, our endeavor is, our heart is, we want to, we want to do everything to please the Lord. I mean, that's our heart now. We want to please him. 
But if you're like me, sometimes things happen. And Joyce is laughing because you know, <laughs> you know. Is there anybody else here that's perfect now? I'll let you finish the message if you are, I guess. No, I don't think so. You'd be lying. So, doing it that way, trying to keep saved, you know, that's salvation by works mentality. That the Galatian church fell into. They fell back into it. They had started out okay, but Paul says, who's bewitched to? You started out in faith believing, and now you got back into works again. It's easy to do. This is a checkpoint here for us on that. That approach can only condemn us because we are not yet perfect in all of our behavior, but God saved us by placing all the guilt, condemnation, and punishment for our sins on Jesus at Calvary. Our inheritance now is no longer guilt, condemnation, and punishment. You don't have to pay the price for that sin. I didn't have to pay the price for breaking the law and speeding. Joyce had to pay the price for breaking. That's kind of fun saying that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, the problem is it was both of us paying, right? We are free from that bondage and free to enjoy life. Hallelujah. Let's all say that. Hallelujah. Our inheritance is righteousness, peace, and joy through Jesus Christ. He has already done it all on our behalf. Our part is to simply believe, receive, and then speak it out. And there's times we have to make that confession of faith. That's why I have you do it sometimes here in the service. But it shouldn't be just here. Sometimes out loud we need to say it. And that is how we walk in victory. It's by believing it, receiving it, and speaking it out. It's in victory over addictions, negative thoughts, and every kind of thing that would keep us from living in the freedom that Jesus bought for us. And that's good news, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to skip a couple of verses there, Mac. Um, and this means that from the viewpoint of God, from the viewpoint of God, I'm no longer condemned and sentenced to pay the price and penalty of my sin. That's from God's viewpoint. And he is. He is. He's the decider. He puts down the... I declare Steve not guilty. And you put your name in there.
When Satan comes against us with thoughts and feelings of condemnation, here are some truths to declare about ourselves that we find in God's word, which is the truth. And these are what we could call new creation realities. And for this part, just before communion, let's stand up to uh, say these. And they'll be on the screen. And Mac has been doing a great job there. And this may be a little challenging, Mac. But And what we're going to do is we're not going to quote like John 1.12. You can put the first one up there. We're not going to do the scripture reference. We're just going to say, I am God's child, okay? So are you ready, Mac? Okay. When they, go, when they get up there, let's say it. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I am... I am a member of Christ's body. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free forever from condemnation. I cannot from the love of God. I am a citizen of heaven. I am I am a temp God's temple. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have 20-20 vision. I better look this way, I guess. I can walk by faith and not by sight. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am rooted and grounded in love because Christ Jesus dwells in me. I am a partaker of God's divine nature. I can prosper and be in God's health because my soul prospers in Jesus Christ. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind to prove the perfect will of God. 
I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. By taking the shield of faith, I can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. I can cast all my cares on Jesus because I know he cares for me. The Lord's Supper. Amen. So let's be seated again. And you can get your... Joyce, could you open that one? And by the way, we are ordering... We are adding some new element containers that are going to be more easy to open, too. Just for your information, they are coming. I think we're going to be having communion on Christmas Sunday again, too. But um, I'm going to read... Great job there, by the way, Mac. Um, well, let's go to Matthew 26 there. You see, communion, it's a critical... It's a reminding, it's an important, it's an, a profound act of declaring together the power in the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. And it's good to do this together. If you're online, please get elements and partake with us. We welcome you too. Um... Jesus said here in Matthew, he said, and this was as he began the Lord's Supper, he instituted it. Now while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And let's just break that as a sign of what happened for us. His body was broken. And we can discern that his body was broken, that ours might be whole. If you're struggling with sickness or something, disease, just receive that wholeness and healing from him. But also it can help us to discern the Lord's body, the body of Christ. And these are all your brothers and sisters in the family of God that we take the communion with together here today. So let's partake together. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you very much. His blood was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sin, all of our sin. And Lord, we're so thankful and we proclaim it again here today. 
Lord, we know this is critical for us, and it reminds us. It's so important. It's a profound act that we declare together of your power, the power of your shed blood that has not lost any of its power to cleanse us and make us whole, to pay the debt that we owed. Thank you, Lord. So let's drink it together. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. blood that Jesus shed for us way back on Calvary, it'll never lose its power. It'll never lose its power. And that's what we need to keep that thought in our hearts and our minds. When condemnation tries to attack us, either through a person, maybe you could say person, place, thing, thought, whatever. Uh, we just remind ourselves that it's not us, it's not because of me and my righteousness, but it's what Jesus did for me. Thank God for that. Amen. So, next week we'll have Pastor Larry Dorman here, who's our Truebridge, um, we call him the hub area leader. And try to make it if you can. I'd really like you to hear him. He's going to bring a message on righteousness. And it kind of flows right from what I was talking about here. And it's a personal, it's like a personal testimony of his own life. And uh, he's going to be sharing that. And he has a very strong anointing upon him as he teaches. He's a very good teacher. And his wife Becky is going to be with us too. We will be having a meal next week. Did you have some? Oh, when you're okay, I remember. So, anyway, and then we're just looking forward to um, the things that are coming up after that too. We have that Christmas story coming, and then the concert, Christmas concert with uh, the Dudleys, and then on Christmas Day. There's even going to be a Christmas story on that day, too. It's going to be a brand new one, brand new story. And I think we'll be taking communion together then as well. And the children are going to help us on Christmas Day. They're going to be doing something. And Joyce has something just before. Speaking of Christmas. I'd like to hear you say it. Say what? About the trees. Well, I don't know if I know exactly what you mean, but so it's all these years, I know it's decorating time. Well, it's time it's... to put autumn away and bring out the trees which are under the floor here. So we'll need some able-bodied people to clear the just the fall baskets. But people maybe think of some of us women as the decorators, but this man loves Christmas treats. 
on the stage here. We have, we have a hard time getting him off the stage in February or whatever. He wants them up there. So anyway, we'd appreciate, um, in order for us to have Christmas, when you walk in next Sunday, we've got some work to do, just clearing certain so things. what you're saying is things. for a few minutes right now. It's just for a few minutes. Yeah. We need, some of us women no longer are the ones that walk down those little steep steps and sort things out. We rely on younger ones. So if you can help They can that, come to me for direction. to the front, right? Yeah. Okay. So thank you. And we also have, I think there's some apple strudels, is that what they're called? Yeah, the coffee bar is there. The coffee bar and fellowship, but uh, if you can come and help, that'd be great. If you would like us to pray with you, please come up and we'll pray with you too. If there's a special need you have, God bless you.